With over 80% of Australian wool exported to China for processing and about half of that consumed domestically, there's no doubt that Australian and Chinese trade relationships are incredibly important for the health of our industry. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Yarn. I'm Ben Madgwick and this week, to highlight the importance of the relationships that we hold with China, we attended the annual Nanjing Wool Market Conference where we chatted to a variety of exporters, buyers and Chinese processors to further understand the position of the current market and to better our understanding of global wool markets. Running for 31 years, the Nanjing Wool Market Conference aims to connect the supply chain and open lines of communication between buyers, exporters, processors and manufacturers. Problems are addressed and opportunities highlighted to ensure the ongoing effectiveness and efficiency of the middle of the wool supply chain. The conference forecasted positive gains across the market, which came to reality at the sales this week. As you'll hear later in the episode, the mood of the conference was rather confusing. However, near-empty greasy wool stocks in China caused the EMI to gain 67 Australian cents in week 13 of sales following the conference. Warnings of demand remaining low kept buyers wary and nearly all at the conference acknowledged the state of the global economy and attributed the current issues surrounding the Trump administration and Brexit. In the back half of the episode, we'll hear from Daryl Keese from Keese International on the state of the US wool growing and buying market. We'll also hear from Mariano Guerra from L'Empriere SA who will share his vast knowledge of the Argentinian wool industry and hear his take on the Nanjing Wool Market Conference. But first, let's cross to Joshua Lamb and Stuart Greenshields from Endeavour Wool Exports, who is joined by Madam Hu from Meritex China, one of the largest Australian wool processors in China. Uh, here we are at the uh, 2019 version of the Nanjing uh, Wool Market Conference up in Chufu in uh, Shandong Province in China. We're lucky to have with us today uh, Josh Lamb and Stuart Greenshields from Endeavour Wool Exports and Madam Hu from Meritex, uh, who's uh, one of the largest agents through China. So um, I'll throw you back to Ben, and Ben's going to ask some stimulating questions. Yeah, so just off the bat, uh, people have spoken about the realities of the market at the moment, and we'd just like to get your opinion on, on the conference and, and how you think it went. I think it should have been called the, uh, the, the conference of confusion because you've got people saying the market needs to drop another 200 cents. You've got other people saying it's going to go up 100. I think it just shows how lost the market is over the last few months and we've seen big drops and we've seen big rises even within one day and there's just so many nervous players in the sector at the moment and no one's getting any clear signals downstream about where the market's actually heading. Do you think this conference has created some clarity or do you think it's, uh, you know, is it still important for you, for you all to meet here um, and talk to each other or do you think it kind of emphasises the, the situation? I think it's very important that we get together like this um, for both sides of the industry and, and share more information like we've just done in the wool salon today. But I, I don't think it's given us any clearer picture where it's going. I actually think it's more confusion now than, uh, than there was probably a week ago. So, Madam Hu, um, from the Chinese side of uh, the conference, um, do you think the numbers are up or down this year? And if they're up, why? And if they're down, why are the people not coming? Uh, few among the clients, uh, uh, we know less of them are coming. Uh, some of them are hurt deeply during this uh, rise and the drop. And, uh, but fortunately, we are lucky to have the talk, been dealing with the best clients in China. 
and we hope can go through the toughness. Also, the next success, just like we are doing the success years ago. Um, now Stuart, um, I, I suppose a lack of supply is, is starting to implicate over here. Now, how do you see the, um, you've travelled around a lot of mills this week, so, so how are you gauging the feeling of these Chinese clients about, have they got a real fear of supply or what, what's your take on it? Um, I think they are nervous about supply. I think um, most of them sold top stock the last two to three weeks and probably sold extra uh, tops that they haven't got, so they need to replace. Um, yeah, so I think there's some nervousness there that the market uh, that it may get too dear again, um, and they've got no wool. So, um, yeah, I think they're a bit nervous, like everyone. Um, a fellow exporter spoke this morning about the drop in supply from Australia and encouraged the early stage processes um, to pass on reasonable prices um, downstream to encourage uh, farmers to stay in um, as they battle through the drought. Um, do you have anything to add to that statement? I think they're only going to pass on prices that they, they're getting themselves and clearly downstream's still having trouble passing on better prices. Um, and we're certainly not, at our end, we're not going to see anything better than, than what they're getting at their end. So I think it's difficult. I think Chinese are starting to understand now that supply is a major issue. They don't understand the mechanics of the drought and what goes into keeping sheep alive, etc. As we just heard a mill in there questioning uh, where the profitability is for, for a wool grower. They don't understand that side of it yet, but they are certainly realising that that the wool's not there. And, and that's what we're seeing over the last few weeks. We've just had a massive spike in the market uh, just on the back of a little bit of increased demand. So that, that supply situation is going to make the market extremely erratic over the next five or six months. Now, Madam Hu, from your perspective, this weekend we have heard many, many mills say, we have no 21 micron. Why don't you have 21 micron in Australia? Is this correct? Yeah, uh, the percentage of the uh, clip is dropping for 21 micron and uh, going more finer into the 17.5 and finer. Uh, and uh, locally, uh, more demand uh, for 21 micron and export side for 21 micron for our clients from Korea, Japan, and they need a good quality, I think. Could you explain uh, to the growers why 21 micron is such an important micron for the Chinese domestic market? What type of garments does this typically go into? Uh, the demand is adjusted by the price and uh, last uh, Last year, the 5 micron and the 21 price are so close, and the people use more fine one. But when uh, the, in 2015, 16, the gap between the micron become wider, uh, the demand, especially from the uniform, will become uh, like 21 micron again. But uh, when people make the sample, they find not enough 21 micron, so the 21 micron are getting closer to the 5 micron in the price again. Shishi. Thank you. I'm Daryl Keese uh, with Keese International. As a little wool update, we've had a decent wool growing season. Uh, Texas uh, had a very wet uh, season uh, and we're very blessed. Our, what growers we still have left. Uh, wool's uh, were bright, good length, 
but a little coarser in micron. Uh, as far as out west, a uh, little mixed conditions, some dry, some not. But our growers are uh, kind of in the holding pattern on their selling right now, waiting for the market to rebound some. What's the primary breed in America, in Texas in particular? Or? Uh, Rambouillet. Okay. And then there's uh, some, uh, uh, that, that's the main fine wall. The merinos, a few merinos, the Rafter 7 merinos are, are that bloodline is, is becoming more popular. And what uh, microns would they be, Daryl? Uh, we go from uh, the finest basically around 18. Uh, the bulk of the world is between 20, 22. Okay, and, and what's the perception of wool growing in the United States these days? Is it is it frowned upon? Is it better to be a cattle rancher or, or what, well, what's, what's uh, the image cat, on it? Cattle rancher is is popular. It's it's not as labor intensive. Yeah. Actually, the deer farming for hunting is actually becoming more and more popular with oh, really? the younger kids. They, that's interesting, yeah. yeah. And that's why Texas is losing a lot because deer hunting is very big. Okay, and the, would you say that the prices the big determination of whether people farm or or is it that workload that goes involved with the, I, it's more the the labor, the labor. Uh, they, they blame it on uh, predators and and finding shears yeah. you can find a shear and you need to work on predators but it's work yeah. it, it's and uh, the younger generations tend to gravitate to things easier right and and this i know you're a regular here at the nanjing wool market conference each year so what would you well, how'd you find the mood? Was it a bit down? All the Australians are saying it was a little bit down, but well, I'm one of the only Americans here, so yeah, they were <laughs> they were on us pretty good. But uh, yeah. I'm hoping that gets worked out soon. Yeah. I think it will. Okay. Both countries needed to get worked out. Yeah. Uh, the Chinese seem to be a little pessimistic, yeah. but when they get that way, the market tends to turn around. So, yeah. my you. feeling. Great. Thank you very much, Darrell. Yep. God Thank bless. You. 你好,I'm Mariano Guerra from Lemper, Argentina. Um, Mariano, you, you, you're very much a regular at these conferences. How would you sum up the mood of this year's conference? Well, uh, it's, it's funny, it's a good question. Uh, the market have been moving upside down uh, during the last uh, weeks. So what we were expecting actually was a very quiet uh, conference, but Actually, these days uh, the market have been moving, so so we are we are facing some some demand from the top makers. Of course, uh, some of them are uh, reluctant to buy any wool, but some of them they really need to get some wool uh, for prompt. So we we got some opportunities to to offer and done some business. So uh, I'm very happy to to the results of, uh, of the conference. So in, in Argentina, what, how would you describe the, the type of sheep you have there and, and what sort of wool is produced out of Argentina and how much do you produce? Uh, we are producing 44 million kilos greasy and we have been stabilizing the volume the last three seasons so we are very happy with that. Weather conditions last season have been really good. I mean, apart from South Africa and Australia drought, we are we are not suffering uh, the weather, so uh, we are very lucky because of that. And what we are producing in Patagonia, Patagonia is the southern part of Argentina, and we are mainly producing merino and fine crossreds. So merino, uh, roughly speaking, 
uh, mainly from 19 and a half to 20 and a half, but we go finer up to 17 and a half, not much volume, but also some merino in 21 to 23 micron. And fine cross red, we, I would describe the fine cross red in, in between mainly uh, 24 micron to 28, and not much in the coarser side. Yeah. And, and each animal, and say a merino around 20 micron, what would be the weight of wool that is produced off each sheep? Well, mainly the, the origin of, of the blood in Argentina is Australian, so uh, there are different, different brands, different breeds, but mainly a merino, the classic merino. Uh, there are some uh, uh, MPM, but mainly, mainly merino, uh, we would say. Uh-huh. And and we quite often see some farmers from Argentina come to Australia and buy rams, and and they they usually concentrate on the pole ram, the rams without the horn. Well, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, uh, the pole is becoming more and more popular in Argentina lately. So the the usual the traditional merino, uh, there are different lines in in Argentina. So anytime you are talking to a farmer, depending on who are talking with, uh, they are supporting the the pole or, or the traditional merino. And and in Argentina, is the wool farmer? Are they considered you know, top class of society or are they middle class or...? Mm, actually, as, as we are focused on Patagonia, uh, we could say that uh, we are uh, middle class. Middle class. Yes, yeah. correct. Yeah. Yes. Is the sheep and wool industry major export commodity of Argentina? Uh, definitely not wool, okay. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, agriculture will be soya uh, mainly, but yeah, agriculture in general. Just then, very behind it's uh, meat uh, from cow, but uh, wool business will be like uh, uh, not even 1% of uh, the, the and, and, and so in, in the Patagonia district, and do they have auction sale or, or, or how do you go about your business there? Yeah, we, we do not have any auction system like uh, Australia, New Zealand and South Africa. So we actually buy 100% uh, directly to the farmers. So it's a directly relationship face to face. And what we do is to buy the clip all in at the farm gate. Usually those are the, the conditions. And could happen that some farmers could invite three or four different competitors to do a small private auction, but mainly we buy directly for, for us, for Lembra Argentina, for example, we, we buy the same farmers every year, like, uh, I don't know, maybe 70, 75% of the bull we are buying, we are buying consistently every year. Do you do most of your business to China or do you go to other markets as well? Uh, we are mainly greasy exporters. Yeah. Um, let's say that uh, we are exporting in greasy 80% of our production. And from the greasy exports, uh, we are exporting to China maybe 75% of our volume yeah. and 25% to Europe. Okay. Well, Mariano, it's excellent always to speak to you up here. Um, Shishi. Shashet to you and thank you very much for the interview. Thank you. Well, that's it for another episode of The Yarn. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like more information on the topics mentioned in this episode or others, please contact us at theyarn at wool.com. 
Now, please tell your friends and family about the yarn and subscribe to the show on iTunes Podcasts to ensure you're getting a notification each time an episode is released. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to catching you again soon. Thank you.